Welcome to the Built on Purpose podcast, where on each episode, we interview exceptional leaders, entrepreneurs, authors, philosophers, and some straight up interesting people to explore their outlook on life, work, and leadership. And now, here's your host, CEO and co-founder of Scouts, Max Hansen. Welcome back to episode 90 of the Built on Purpose podcast brought to you by Scouts. I'm your host, Max Hansen, the CEO of Scouts, where we find purpose-aligned and performance-proven leaders. Today, our guest is Dr. Cam McDonald, the VP of Education for Shea Wellness. Shea Wellness is a precision corporate wellness platform that was developed by an international team of independent doctors, researchers, technology programmers for over 15 years. Shea Wellness uses a powerful epigenetics analysis platform informed by 100% of evidence-based medical research. Dr. Cam, welcome to the Built on Purpose podcast. Thanks so much, Max. It's great to be back. And it's uh, since the first time that we chatted, it's, uh, we, we know each other a whole lot better now. And it's really cool to be here with you. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to start with that. As most of you know, Scouts uh, has focused on health and wellness for many years. Uh, we're lucky to find ourselves on the healthiest uh, employers list uh, many times. This year, we officially partnered with Shea Wellness to up our game with regard to helping our team live happier and healthier lives. So uh, this is an incredible opportunity. Uh, it's been incredibly insightful, but an incredible opportunity with Dr. Kim, who we've had on the show before, and we rarely have people a second time, but we thought it would be awesome since we've been working together to have them a second time. So Dr. Cam. So I'll, I want to, I want to go back. Like uh, we'll repeat a couple things. So this is episode 90. You're on episode 79. So those of you that want to go back to, you know, some of the initial conversations we had, that'd be great. But I'm going to, I'm going to set it up just so people, newer listeners are getting an idea of what it is you guys do. So I'm going to set it up with a very basic question of, uh, can you give our audience a quick overview of the all in one precision health platform, health platform at Shea Wellness? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Shea Wellness is built on the premise that we want to, we want people to leave work healthier than when they arrived. Uh, and that requires uh, a fair few, fair few elements to come together. There's a whole lot of different stresses that play out in our lives. We often think if we want to get healthy, I've got to eat food, I've got to do exercise and I've got to get sleep. And those three are absolutely true and correct. But then how we go about our work, the timing of our day, you know, when we really push ourselves, when we, when we dial back and rest, uh, even our social interactions, the physical place that we're in, whether it be warm or cold or humid, uh, even the way that our mind works and our awareness of ourselves, all of those factors play into how much stress we're under as well. And so what, uh, we've been developing over the last 20 years and now practicing really successfully for the last, uh, eight or nine is, a, a tool called Shea Wellness that's able to assess an individual and their their biological uniqueness and what's different about them, right down to their genetics, their gene expression, uh, all the way through to their current health state and even their prediction of of disease and health in the future. It takes all of that information into account. It does it all online using AI and machine learning, and then uh, provides a whole lot of information to the the client or to the to the person to the member of the of the platform. And they get what are the exact foods that I need to have and at what time should I have them and how should I cook them? And then 25,000 recipes that support that, that process as well. And then it goes into what's the best time for me to exercise that's going to give me my most energy because there's a big difference from exercising in the morning versus exercising in the afternoon for some people, others not so much, but you need to know. Uh, even the type of exercise that's best for me, uh, the time that I should go to sleep, what I should be doing before sleep to wind down and maximize my sleep right through to a biologically driven personality profile where you can actually find out what are my natural tendencies that I'm going to have that are going to change the way that I work and interact and socialize and navigate uh, the tasks that I've got in my day. And then even recommendations around this is the, the kind of place that you want to set up and this is the physical environment that's going to be best for you too. And so as you progress, the platform actually updates and sends you notifications and says, hey, now you've got to think about this. Uh, but also, we've noticed that this has changed, and as a result, your foods are now different because it's summer versus winter because you've dropped 10 kilos or you've gained five. Uh, and so, this is where it's actually responsive to you in real time. Not only is it precision for you, and it provides a different solution for every single person, which is essential because if we all apply the same thing, some of us won't get a result. Uh, but it also then stays up to date with the individual to say, this is who you are, this is what you need right now, and this is how you can experience your best health. 
I'm glad you I'm glad you explained that because you said it very clear, concise, and compelling. I appreciate that. Um, one thing I do want to point out. So once the, the thing that I remember when we first met, and now that I've been on the platform for a while, is I'm a diplomat, and uh, diplomats are not wired uh, to work out early in the morning, and that's okay. But the problem with it was, is I always prided myself in being a morning person. So now that I I, I got this knowledge and this you know from the platform, now I still work out in the morning when I have to, but I realize that I might be a little tired later on in the day, and it's you know just the just the fact that I know and. Uh, it's been great. It's, uh, it's been such a good tool. That, that was the first thing. And there'll be a lot of things I talk about. I'm going to try to act as though I'll, I'll, I'll contribute some things that I've learned, but I want to ask some curious questions that the audience would have and not act like they're advanced, uh, learners as we, you know, as we are since we've been on the, the platform for a while. But I noticed one thing on your, uh, on the website, just as I read through it, and I noticed this when we first started working together, you guys emphasize the word evidence based research. Can you explain like what other type of research there is that's not evidence based, like in the health field? Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, there's um, so you can have a whole lot of evidence based is essentially when there's been peer reviewed articles in the literature that academics have put together. Not non evidence based research would be something that hasn't gone through that peer review process. So someone's produced a, a white paper, and we've done things like that in the past as well, which is fine. But it's it's not gone through the um. It's not gone through the peer review process where it's gone up to an academic, it's gone up to a journal to say, hey, this study is strong or weak here, uh, therefore you need to change this or rewrite that or make concessions for this. Uh, there's no review process, and, and particularly at that academic level. So it could be a, a case study from someone writing a testimony about, hey, I had a great time this time and it really worked for me, um, or a guru saying, hey, from my experience, this is exactly how it works. Um, so the, that's normally how evidence is presented to us in social media, by the way, is it's, um, this, this worked for me. This is how it works. This is the little bit of science that it relates to. And I'm going to create this big picture off the back of it. Um, whereas what we're looking at is the, the totality of evidence and how does all of this come together, which is a, a much bigger job. And we're very happy to have AI and machine learning to help us do that. Absolutely. Well, no, thanks for sharing that. I just, I noticed that uh, that when you guys emphasize evidence based, just wanted to ask you uh, about that. And then, um, what I one thing I love about Shea Wallace, and I think obviously this is why you guys built it, is it's not a one size fits all. And I don't think you know there's a lot of advice out there where people try to view it as a one size fits all, and it's just not the case. Um, so you know, talk about how you know how important it is that Shea customizes. Uh, the information that the end user is getting in order to, uh, you know, in for, in order for them to make their decisions in all of these areas. Yeah. So, uh, essentially, uh, probably the easiest way to describe this is let's say you take a hundred people and you put them into a training program that's exactly the same for everybody. We're going to give everybody aerobic training or it could even be a diet program. So for weight loss, for example. Um, what we see is that. 15 to 40% of the individuals, so 15 to 40 people out of that 100 won't actually get better or will only get better by such a small amount that it doesn't really count. It's called non-meaningful change. And so, whereas there's other people, the, the 80, 60 to 85 people that get these amazing results and respond through the roof. And on average, what we see in that, in that study is of this 100 people, the average was a clinically meaningful improvement on average. But there's 15 people that actually got worse, but they don't get reported about. And so then we take on this evidence to say, oh, uh, when it comes to exercise or food or even how I should be mindful or meditate or, you know, the kind of environment that I need to be most productive, you know, the, the method that I'm going to use to stay on track with my work, they're going to say, hey, there's this study that shows if you do this, you get this result. But it, it doesn't account for those people that it doesn't get a result for. And so you could then be going into your food and your exercise and be wanting to shift all of that around and you're following the advice of general studies and both of them aren't appropriate for you. And so you're banging your head against the wall, training really hard, doing the right kind of food based on you know the, the protocol that you followed and you're not getting a result. This is called non-response and it's so common and it's one of the most demotivating things. And so what we do... Uh, the first and foremost is we don't say whether an exercise is good or bad or whether a food is good or bad or whether uh, a work schedule is good or bad. It's about whether it's good for the individual. 
And if we understand the individual, which is exactly what the assessment does, it understands what is the exercise that's going to be most beneficial? What is the food? What is the place? What is the, the work environment that's going to be best for this person based off their biological makeup? Shay then provides that information to that person. And when we start talking about things like mental health in workplaces, for example, someone may be finding that they're feeling a bit anxious at work, for example. And if we just treat anxiety, okay, yeah, you've just got to do some deep breathing and you've just got to focus on gratitude and everything will be fine. And that may work for some individuals and they love it. Whereas another individual, it's actually the food that they're consuming that they need to be looking at. Or it could be one person's exercising in the morning and the other person's exercising in the, or both people are exercising in the morning and it's completely fatiguing one of them. And so one of them is really worried that there's something wrong with their body and that's driving the anxiety, the fact that they're exercising in the morning versus another person's doing that same thing and feeling the best they ever have. And so uh, regardless of the topic, regardless of whether it's depression or anxiety or heart disease or weight loss, you need to know what's right for the individual. And Shay assesses the individual first and then says, based off you, what do you need? And that's why you get very, very different recommendations and it's why you see a much faster result as well, because you're not doing trial and error trying to figure out, is this study right for me? Is that study right for me? It's this is the information that's appropriate for you and, and walk this way and see how you feel. It took me a long time to get over the fact that I'm not uh, a morning workout person, but I'm, I've accepted it after this time. But I would have never got there unless I got the information from the platform. There was nothing out there that would ever told me that besides the Shea Wellness platform. And um, it's it's just been unbelievable to now understand that about my body. It's it's a total game changer. That one thing, uh, and there's so many that we'll, we'll get into. Dr. Kim, one thing I, we didn't talk about in the last episode that we had you on was, can you share a little bit about your background and, and how you made it to the Shea team, the Shea Wellness team? I started out uh, as a high school student who, who loves sports. And I was finishing up my school and I said, oh, I'm definitely going to get into sports science because that is sports. <laughs> and I was good at science. So those two things went well together. And I got into university. The first two years were just a really, really social time. There wasn't as much science as opposed to social. Uh, and then third year, I had this incredible lecturer and his name was Chris Zarr. And he explained to me how you could change diabetes with exercise. And I just had this light bulb moment of, well, why is not everybody doing this this is insane why is everybody not exercising it makes no sense we're going to go and fix diabetes because it's fixable was my my the way that i thought about it and so from that moment on i got really driven to what what, what is going to fix people and i realized that i didn't know anywhere near enough about food so i went and did my masters of dietetics uh, and nutrition uh, at griffith university and then i came out of there uh, still very, very passionate about this, this issue of diabetes, but I, I got a job, uh, in hospital and I was looking after people with heart disease, looking after people who had been suffering from cancer and respiratory conditions, lots of weight loss. It's a very different kind of treatment in hospital. And I was also doing cardiac rehab. I wanted to do something a little bit more and I got really, really passionate about omega three and exercise together and I ended up doing my PhD in that. Um, and I sort of left my job to do my PhD. And I, at that point, I went into private practice, and this is where it got real. So I'm out there in private practice, and normally in hospital, you're just doing the, the guidelines. And as long as you do the guidelines, that's your job. And the same thing with the research. It's you recruit a whole bunch of people, and you just say, hey, um, this is what we're doing, and we'll see if it works. And there's no expectation from the individual that, oh, this needs to work for me. So when you get out into private practice, it's a completely different situation because they're paying you money to say, fix me. I need you to fix my problem. And so obviously I, I got out and I did some things that were quite successful. But then there were also these individuals that were coming in, they were doing the same diet program, the same kind of exercises as the last successful people, and they would not change. In some cases, like, and there's two that stand out and burnt a hole in my brain, there's two clients that I still can picture them walking into my clinic two years in and not having changed weight, even though we were just doing everything that we possibly could. And I just felt so bad. It was the worst feeling. And it was those kinds of things that made me go, what, why are people not shifting here? There's got to be something more. What else can I do? And I started looking at genetics and 
on the first day, and this talk talk about a, a serendipitous, you know, universal moment or whatever it might be. On the first day, I'm literally sitting in my car. I take a call from a genetics company and start talking to them about doing some assessments in my clinic. I then walk out into a completely unrelated interview. I was trying to get one of my dietitians into a sports physio practice, and I um I interviewed for that role on behalf of my sports physio who couldn't make it three times in a row, so I had to go in to do it for her. And it turned out that the CEO and founder of Shea and Shea Wellness was also the owner of this physio practice and he's sitting in front of me and I'm talking about, oh, we've got to be personalized, but we're 10 years away from any kind of epigenetic solution because it's too complex and blah, blah, blah. Lo and behold, they've been working on it for the last 12. And so as I'm saying this, they then say, oh, look, we want you to run a little bit of a consult using this. And it was the first world's first ever epigenetics-based platform, and they just kind of put the bow on it and were starting to use it after they'd done 10,000 individuals, start, like 10,000 individuals through the trial, through the interventions, and this is all internal data that they, they collated over a period of 10 years. Amazing stuff. And I started practicing it. Um, I was very skeptical because it went against, not not went against, but my clinical training hadn't prepared me for all of the variations that existed it only trains you for the Mediterranean diet is good for heart disease. So if you see anyone with a dodgy heart, you just give them the Mediterranean diet and and jobs done from a dietary point of view. But what we now know from the genetics research is that some people don't get the inflammation benefit. Some people don't get the metabolic health benefit. Some people uh, don't get or actually lose lean body mass on a Mediterranean diet. And so what do we do with that? And and, and so this is where um, after 12 months of being quite skeptical, I, I met the the science team behind it and, you know, my, I, I was completely humbled in that moment. I thought I knew a fair bit of stuff and I just realized that I know nothing. And then since then, I've been able to, you know, train uh, a couple of well, thousands of health professionals, but, but work very closely with a couple of thousand. Uh, I've seen thousands of clients myself. I've worked with a whole lot of corporate organizations. We're doing work with schools. Uh, to support them to understand why does my child behave this way and how can I help them learn better and how can I change the environment to do that as well. So it's it's been a, an incredible ride. And I get part of my job, as, as you can probably tell, I love talking. And I, but I love talking about this and I love I love what it brings to people's lives. So I'm particularly passionate about it and it's it's very, very energizing for me. Well, I might be a little biased because I, I love these things too. Like I'll listen to podcasts and Love learning about it. Uh, so we have that in common for sure. What do you like? So you, you talked about a lot of this, but like, what do you specifically like most about the work you do? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I've done a fair bit of work sort of figuring out what my purpose and, you know, what I'm all about and what, what, what I think I'm here for on the planet. And, uh, it's, it, c- it comes down to a couple of things. One is I love seeing people become more aware of themselves to be able to take action on that, to live with more energy, but also then to be able to contribute back to others. And there's one of my favorite things to do is to help people feel more mindful of who they are with less judgment of who they are. Because one of the things about, so there's a lot of night owls out there that hate the mornings, but have to pretend they like it. And uh, they, they, and this is not you, Max, by the way, the, there's a whole lot of people as well that are, quite reactive and they say exactly what's on their mind. They've been told that, no, that's not right. There's a whole lot of people that are too focused and they've been told they think too much. And there's people that have got a bigger body and they've been told, oh, you're big and you're lazy. And none of that is true. It's just that their genes have determined that their body responds to the environment in a particular way. And if you understand that, you can really take control of it and do something great about it have more awareness for yourself and have more awareness in how you interact. And a big part of that is we are here on the planet to interact and to experience love and joy and, and connection uh, and great health and purposeful, you know, purposeful outcomes. Uh, and, and that happens when you've got health. That happens when you understand yourself. That happens when you can appreciate somebody else's strengths. And that's, you know, how this has influenced me as a parent has been huge because I now know the strengths of my child genetically, you know, what they're great at. And so I can celebrate who they are and how they're going to develop just by understanding this information. And so taking that to the workplace, taking that out to the various different places that we work in, that that really drives me. 
I love it. I love it. It drives me too. It drives me too for sure. Uh, you're based in Australia for the listeners out there. And for those listeners in the US, I mean, you can't not, you know, turn your head and let's talk about specifically diet and nutrition. And, and wherever you turn, you see somebody or a commercial or something with Ozempic or some way to like curb appetites. And like, you know, my way of like, I, I love the natural way of like, if you actually eat the right foods, it, you can enjoy them and they can benefit you. So I, I it just, this is all counterintuitive, but they're so popular in the U.S. Is Ozempic and stuff like that, is it that popular outside of the U.S. or like in Australia? I've never really had a guest outside of the U.S. to ask. It's a different game out here for medications because they can't advertise them on telly. So you have a lot less people asking for it, but I would say that that it is used clinically a lot. So if you've got a patient that goes to the GP and says, hey, I've got these problems, it may be prescribed and, you know, it definitely makes its tracks through the medical awareness, but you've got to go to a doctor to get it and you've got to go to a doctor often to find out about it. So it's a different game in, in how widespread it is. You don't as often have people, which I'm sure you do in the States, have people going and saying, I want this medication because I've been told that it's going to be great for me. That's That's less of a thing out here. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you've spent any time, which I'm sure you have in the US, the commercials for these drugs are crazy, just like how perfect everything is. And then at the very end, there's all this small print and all these like side effects and stuff. I mean, it's a wild, wild uh, world out there. So let's also let's talk a little bit about. So how would you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of a lot of people in the audience that are listening. How would you talk about the uniqueness of your platform, which you've talked a lot about, and I obviously know a lot about because I'm on it, um, compared to more traditional health and wellness approaches that we have in the US, like what what is like the foundationally what is different? Okay. So there's a couple of different platforms that you'll find in the US. You'll if you go to the the dietary guidelines or the exercise guidelines, that is, we're gonna take, you know, the 17 million people that have been studied in exercise and diet over the last whatever, we're gonna come up with an average. Uh, we're going to make sure that no one hits rock bottom and they're doing the minimum and we're going to give guidelines to kind of create a baseline of safety. So baseline of safety of exercise, you know, getting out and doing some walking 150 minutes per week, uh, get, get your food groups uh, in five and two, whatever it might be. Now, what's really interesting about that, just as a side note, if you put uh, a bunch of people and there was a, a, a trial that looked at this specifically, uh, if you make someone do walking 150 minutes a week, uh, you'll see that there is a 38% non-response rate. 38% of people won't actually get any fitter from doing that activity, which is kind of interesting, which is mind-blowing actually to think like it's it's still only our minimum. Then you have different platforms. So that's our, our base guidelines. And they're very much based on the average of everyone we've studied, which hopefully as you're starting to get this, that's not the way we need to go. Um, but it's a great start and it provides some safety barriers. Um, the second component, uh, the new, probably the second component is then a specific dietary protocol, like paleo, like vegan, like, you know, cross, crossfit training, like, um, Mediterranean and whatever it might be. So that's essentially saying, okay, from all of the 17 million people, some of them, you know, there's a bunch of studies on the Mediterranean diet and all of the benefits there. And on average, we see these benefits so that you should do this diet for these benefits. And, it starts being a little bit more targeted, a little bit, because it's saying, yes, Mediterranean diet works in people with heart disease, but what it doesn't take into account is people have heart disease for different reasons. Then you have apps that will say that they're AI and intuitive, and it'll start reading your preferences and your, um, and your, your data as you're coming in. So you might have an app that says, oh, hey, like, and like this is the, the whoop is a good example of this, like the whoop band. So you've got um, this app, this watch, or this little device that's measuring a whole lot of stress markers in your body. And over time, it uses the raw data that you're providing to start to understand what works for you and what doesn't. Uh, and so that's very, very handy because at least it starts personalizing things. And then there's some other apps as well that, you know, you'll enter your food diary and you'll say how you're responding and it'll start shifting and touching that up based on, on what it knows. But in all of these devices, it's still based off there's a norm that we all need to meet. So the warp band is like, you need to meet this certain amount of HRV or this certain heart rate, this certain amount of strain. Uh, the, the dietary apps are, you need to reach this certain amount of calories or this certain thing. 
there's the foundational principles that sit behind that machine is still based on the norms, on the average of the population. And so what Shea does very, very differently is it doesn't look at any of the data that you're pushing out into the world except for the, the stuff that describes your biological makeup. So what we're able to do is when we take the, uh, when we take the measures, which can be done with either a couple of photos or some, or some tape measures, just depending, it's able to understand how did you develop in the womb? What are many of the genes that are expressing right now? What are the genes that have, have been driving your development? Uh, what, when we have a look at your morphology and size and shape, that gives us an understanding of a, a whole host of disease risk. And then we look at things like hair color and eye color and skin tone, which add layers to the genetic background that you have. And so before we even get started on collecting data, you know, in real time from you, we have this model that understands this person is somebody who is going to do well with resistance training. This person is going to be someone who does well with lower carbohydrate, moderate protein, lots of vegetables versus another person needs high carbohydrate because of the way that their nervous system works or the way that they hold weight. And so the, the very big difference is that we start with the definition of who this person is. And because of all of the evidence that's been gathered on how people are different, we're able to say, this is going to be the best thing to start with, rather than I need to collect data for two months to figure out what nuance seems to work for you better in a particular domain of health like exercise. This says, we know all about you from the beginning. And so please walk this way. And so this is where it works really well with a whoop band. Like if you've got a whoop band or a wearable, but we're, we're agnostic to device, essentially, whatever device syncs with, with the app works fine. Um, and what we know is that if we take people with a whoop or Apple Watch or Google, whatever, just to be completely, you know, agnostic to it, the, we can say, Hey, do these five activities and they will result in your best outcomes. Uh, for, for whatever strain gauge you're looking at or your heart rate or your sleep quality. Whereas a normal program would say, Hey, um, let's follow this and see what happens to your data. And then after two months, you're going to say, Well, it seems if you've been collecting the data right, that maybe going to bed at this time is better than that time. But we can actually say, give information on that from the beginning. So that people are actually walking forward with the right advice to start with. And it's based off them. And every bit of data that we collect then builds a bigger picture of them rather than coming from standardized norms, which doesn't describe anyone. It just describes someone in the middle and no one is truly in the middle of all of these different domains. So it starts with you and tells you where to walk first. That gets you your fastest result. And then everything that you're using to track will just reflect this is the right thing to be doing because it's designed about you rather than the trial and error that normally has to occur. It does. No, that does. And I will say as a, uh... You know, somebody that's been working on the app and uh, with Dr. Cam and his team, I would get blood tests regularly and I'd even gotten allergy panels. And I'd say, like, I'm just a user saying this. I'm not a doctor saying this. But the information that I've, I got from about food and nutrition from the app was more accurate than what I got from the actual allergy panels. Just because I can tell when I eat it, what it does, how I feel. Um, and I, I did not get that from, you know, drawing blood, which is a lot more expensive when you think about what, what they're proposing and what they do in order to figure out, uh, who you are. There, it's simple measurements with a soft tape or even a picture that they can, uh, use the measurements from, which is absolutely incredible. So the accuracy of understanding, like, where you're from is, um, pretty amazing. And then talk about, like, from that information, um, you know, one thing that I've learned in working with you and working with the app is just starting to understand your natural strengths, like the importance of that. Talk about, you know, how and, and you know, how it's been developed to help people understand what their natural strengths are. This is one of my favorite topics is the idea of natural strengths and people sitting in that. So uh, when we talk about natural strengths, to help you kind of feel what it is, it's one of those things that you're good at, but you don't realize that you're good at. It's, you might look at a spreadsheet and just see how the numbers come together. You might, uh, you might just find that you rise to the occasion and have this natural ability to, to solve problems. You might find that you are hyper detailed and just love really getting into lists and the, the detail of, of things. And you just think, Oh, isn't everybody like this? Like, why don't you just take more time in looking at the list? Or why aren't you more competitive and jump into action a little bit more? So we have these 
natural impulses that are built into us. And these are hormonally and genetically driven. And I'll give you an example. We have an individual who is higher. They release a little bit more adrenaline when they get excited or when there's a stress in the environment or something to do. And they also have a bit more responsiveness to sex steroids like testosterone, for example. Now, if you put those two things together, what you end up with is somebody who is more competitive, more action-oriented, and are probably a little bit more fiery and don't mind being in challenge. Like they don't, they don't mind coming into confrontation. They, they get a little bit of excitement about it because these hormones actually gear them up to be ready for challenge. And so their natural strength is directness. Their natural strength is proactivity. Their natural strength is action orientation. If you're at work with somebody like this, you say, Hey, we need to get stuck into this. We need someone to give it a go. They'll say, I'm, I'm in. Like, I'll, I'll just have a go. I'm happy to fail forward fast. Because it's my natural strength to take a little bit of risk because I can deal with that because it actually feels normal for me to take risk because I've been used to this higher adrenaline load. Whereas we then have a different person altogether who doesn't release as much adrenaline for a given stress. And we know that there's variations in the way that these things happen. We know that they're not as responsive to sex hormones. We know that their metabolism may be a little bit slower, for example, but we know that they're, they're, the way that their cognition works is they love looking at patterns. And they love considering things and they want to make sure that when they start something, they really finish it so that they can receive their serotonin and feel good. And so you've got these two people in a workplace. The second person, they say, oh, the, the team goes, hey, we need someone to trial this out. And they'll sit here and they'll be passive because they haven't had time to think about all of the things that need to go into this. They haven't seen it happen. They need to observe it and take some information in before they want to jump in. They want to be really certain that when they try something, they get it right the first time and they can really commit to it then. So you've got these two very, very different personalities in work. One is very considered and one's, you know, really, really strong and, and they're happy to, to learn through doing. And so in both cases, they've got these incredible natural strengths. One is of consideration and scheduling and planning and making sure that they're dotting and I, dotting I's and crossing T's. And that's a natural strength because, and it comes from their want to, to experience a serotonin burst. Whereas another individual, they're actually looking for the adrenaline and to sit still and consider things and think through things is the most boring thing for them on the planet. It's like, Oh, this doesn't feel good at all. I don't want to do this. Now, what's really interesting about that is that if you put those two people into any old workplace, the one of the people will say, oh, this person's always just jumping into things and talking over the top of people and they're always just making a bunch of mistakes and then we're having to clean up their mess for them. Whereas that person's saying about the second person, oh, yeah, they always take so long to make decisions and we never get anything done and they're always wanting you know, three days to plan and they're always really stubborn with me when I come up with an idea and want to implement it straight away. But these two people are just operating within their natural strength. These are, are biologically driven features of their development. It relates to their brain function, which part of their brain is more lit up when they're doing activities. It relates to the hormones that they've been exposed to more. And so you can actually ask person one to say, hey, we've got these new things to trial and we need you to do it. Can you be our person? And they're like, yes, let's do this. I'm all about this. And just give me lots of variety. Versus the second person, they can say, hey, we're going to give you some notes to review and then we'd love you to kind of map a long-term schedule of this thing over a couple of years, knowing that we've got to break it down into smaller steps. Could you put some consideration into that? I, go, I would love to do that. Can I have a week and I'll just get it done and I'll map it out perfectly and all look good? And then we can activate this person who just loves doing stuff really quickly, but we can do it that's in alignment with the overall strategy. And so, you know, this is where... uh these natural strengths are actually being born out of the way that we've developed. And if you understand them, they can be incredible assets for your business. If you don't understand them, uh, you end up with a whole lot of tension. And it's not just the way that our cognition works. It's the time of day. When am I most functional in my day? Uh, what's my, uh, my ability to tolerate different types of temperature makes a difference. It, there's a whole lot of different things that actually come into the natural strengths, but uh, it allows someone to be themselves when they get to operate in their natural strengths. And this is where you'll find a whole lot more flow as well. Flow is designed to where you're in some sort of mastery and there's a, an automatic nature to what you're doing. It needs to be a natural strength. Uh, it then challenging you just outside that where you're getting immediate feedback. Uh, this is, if you understand your natural strengths, you can put yourself into flow a whole lot more easily 
uh, and, and then allows you to get a whole lot more out of your team as well. So that, that's a starting point, I guess, that we can go from there. I love that example that you give because I think when people think about corporate wellness, they're, they only think about how it's going to benefit you know, their team's health, which is obviously going to indirectly benefit them. But what blows me away in the hiring world is we have all these assessments where somebody, you know, answers a bunch of questions and they're pretty accurate. When I think, you know, the, the, the one that's most accurate is probably based off of their epigenetics. Uh, you know, when you, when it comes down to it. And so there's probably a huge opportunity for you guys down the road. I think when it comes to assessments from, you know, that information just based off of, uh, all the different assessments that I, I know and, and, we use in the hiring and a lot of our clients. But I think the thing that stands out at me most is if you haven't bought into investing in a, uh, in this platform to help your team become individually more healthy. Well, the example he gave is a great one that shows you how it can actually help the company be more, uh, productive and successful by the individuals knowing, you know, who, who they, what their strengths are. So. Amazing, uh, answer because it really kind of, I think, fill the gap of, you know, both how it can help the individual and then how it helps, you know, people figure out how to interact and, and to use their strengths and to understand their weaknesses, uh, as well. Now, the app is broken down into, I don't have it in front of me at the six, uh, areas. I think it's mental, physical, emotional, cognitive, social, and environmental. Talk about, you, you talked about it, but, Talk about how those are all intertwined. I know that's a really big question. Then after that, I want you, if you had to stack rank those and like you could only use, you know, the, the, this one, how would you stack rank it? So I'll, I'll, I'll save the second question because it's a little advanced, but talk yeah. about how those six, how you pick those six and how they're all intertwined. Cool. So essentially when we were looking at what influences a person's uh, genetic expression, what is the environment essentially? Uh, those factors will come into food, fitness. So the food you're putting into the body, you, the movement that you're putting around your system, the, uh, the career that you have, like how your, your purposeful work. That's a big part of who we are. Do I have purpose? Then your sleep. Uh, we also look at mind and how your mind works and its natural inclinations. We then look at outdoor places and indoor spaces, so the physical environment, and then your social network as well, because the people that you hang around with have a significant impact on your health. And so how these come together, and I guess what we've done, because we've collected hundreds of thousands of individuals now, and we've been able to assess and understand them and follow them longitudinally, and this is the power of AI machine learning as well, our insights become so much more uh, deep so much deeper um, as a result of all of that data. Um, what we see is that there are these clusters of, uh, of, of patterns of response. And I'll say that a little bit more clearly. So we have one person, for example, that when it comes to their, when it comes to their general makeup, that person we spoke about first, and I'll maybe speak about those two because it's easiest. Uh, we've got an individual that's more excitable, more challenge oriented, more uh, essentially hormonal. And this is, I'm going to do stuff. I'm going to take care of action. I'm going to compete. I'm going to win. And so that's at the core of their development. Now, as a result, what happens to that individual? They just like to do. They'll, they'll say, if someone says, Oh, do you want to do this thing? Their adrenaline and their, their hormones say, Yeah, we can do that. We've got energy for that. And so they say, Yes. And then the next person comes along literally seconds later. Oh, we've got this other thing going on too. Do you want to do that? Yeah, I'll do that too. And then I'll do that too. Because in that moment of excitement, the adrenaline fires off. And so you end up with this person from a career point of view and a social point of view looking for variety and change and novel and new and innovative things. And they are excited by the next thing that's coming along. It's not to say that they're easily distractible. They've just got lots of energy and they live in the moment, which is a really powerful thing. And so what that means is that they are burning energy all day long. And if they don't check that, they're going to burn out. And so what happens with their food is we know that if they have more regular food throughout the day, six meals per day and a big dinner, what we find is that not only calms them down in pockets of their day, so their adrenaline isn't just firing off all day long, it gets to calm. And then the big dinner at night really shuts the body down and helps them sleep. Uh, then with the exercise side of things, if we get them to do some really intensive exercise first thing in the morning, 
it actually expends a lot of that extra gas that they have. And that then creates a calm for the rest of the day. So they're not chasing a dr- like the, the search for adrenaline because they got it with their workout in the morning. And so it calms their brain, allows them to focus more as the day goes on. So this person, they're excitable, they're action oriented, they want to do things, they end up with a list 400 things long and they don't have the, the, the energy to actually tackle it because it's too much. Um, they need those meals to bring them down. They're like anchors to their, to their rest and calm. They then need exercise that's more intense in the morning to kind of blow off energy so that they can be calmer through the day as well and more focused. Uh, from a social point of view, they're looking for adventure and risk. And that's exactly the kind of people they'll hang around with, people that bring that into their lives. They'll be looking in their work for th- for lots of variety within their role. And if they don't have variety within their role, they'll leave the job within one to two years because they'll look for variety in their life. And this is where if you understand this person, you can give them a new role, you can shake it up for them, you can allow them to actually have change and and retain them as a staff member if you know that that's their inclination. Right through to the the way that how that they sleep, they need to go to bed earlier so that they can wake up earlier. Uh, so in, in that cluster, we can see that this individual that just wants to take action, they need to be rested throughout the day. The food does that. They need to be uh, given an, an, an ability to actually use all of this energy. And that's what the exercise in the morning does. Uh, and then the social is meant to just play in and the mind is supposed to play into their natural strengths and abilities. And you compare that to the other person that we spoke about, that considerate person, the person that has a slightly slower metabolism. They don't release as much adrenaline, they, but they've got more growth hormone. And as a result, their body is steadier and calmer. And they don't have that need to go and chase everything. They're, in fact, they're searching for a bit of serotonin because they have a finer balance of that. And they, as a result, they want to complete things. And so what we've got now is a body that likes to be steady to start and strong in the finish. And we find that they don't do as well with lots of stress in the morning. And people think that early birds and night owls is just um, when you should wake up, but it's actually when you place stress on your system. That's what the chronobiology is all about. Should I stress myself in the morning? And this person prefers a slow start. I need to take time to take stock and consider, and then I'll make my plan. Then I'll act. That's how their brain works, but that's also how their body works. They take it easy in the morning and uh, plan their day and schedule their day and get out into nature, which is very calming in the morning. And then that then sets gives them a great foundation to be steady and strong later in the day when their energy really picks up and their cognitive function is peaking when the early bird is starting to wane. Uh, but when we see that because they've got a steadier body, in order to stay sharp, they can actually tolerate almost a semi-fasted state. And so this is where, because when you're semi-fasted, you'll be more alert. You have, you're looking for your next meal. And so you've got more noradrenaline and things that are, make you more alert. The first person already had heaps of that. This person, if they spend a bit more time between meals fasted, so five to six hours between meals, it keeps their brain light and alert. And so while they've got a steadier, slower body, they can stay alert by eating less frequently. They don't need the regular drag down of that food into rest and recovery. And their body's built differently as well. It's not as uh, agile and crossfitty in nature. It's more, um, it's stronger, it's thicker. Uh, and, and as a result, you need to put more strength into this body or steady, heavy walks, you know, with a pack through the, through the forest. This is the kind of physical structure that they have. And it's all about take, uh, do things with planning and do it strong and steady. And so that theme plays out in all of their environments, whether it be work. And this is the kind of person that will commit to you for 20 years. And the reason that they make CEO is because they've been with you as an organization for 15 years and they've worked their way up. Whereas the first person that we spoke about is more likely to come in as a CEO, maybe if they've got that position and make change for a couple of years and then move to their next company that they're going to make change for because they love that dynamic nature of things. And so we've got two very different people, one uh, that naturally wants to be dynamic. And so you need an environment around them that supports that. And then you have another individual that's naturally more stable and steady and planned. And if you put that environment around them and make some adjustments with food and, and exercise, they can really hit their flow in that space too. So uh, this is where I guess, uh, we are an entire system. And when you just go out for your food advice, for example, you're not getting food in context with your exercise, in context with your work, in context with your sleep, in context with, uh, your, your natural preferences. And this is where 
we're looking to summarize all of that for you and then say, hey, this is the pattern of your behaviors. And this is where that true flow comes from of where you just are in your body and loving what's coming out of it. It's, um, it's a pretty special thing when people walk through the lens of Shay, uh, because it's, it's often a, a much more complete protocol than they've ever been on. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, and being an, a, an end user for, uh, you know, quite a while now. And I didn't mean to ask the question stack rank because I think it depends on your, obviously your, uh, your, your body type, uh, or archetype. You know, if, if we had to stack rank, I use the word stack rank. It was probably a poor use of words. Yeah. And I think the categories are uh, nutrition, fitness, social, mind, place, and talents, right? Yeah. But each, you know, for me, what I, one of the biggest takeaways, uh, that I continue to, to see is, is the environment super important to me. And so I'm lucky enough to spend time in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho in the summer where I'm in the trees, much more nature than in Scottsdale where it's a lot of concrete and not a lot in nature. And, um, and so what I've done is I've just put myself in nature when I'm in Scottsdale and I go for a hike on the mountain and I feel much, my head's much more clear. I feel like I have better energy. Um, so I would have never known these things if I wasn't, if I wasn't getting the information from the app, which is, it's amazing. And these are just small things. I mean, these are, you know, I was just talking about environment and time to work out. I mean, it's the time to eat, when you eat, when to sleep, like all these things to your point, when you, you're able to walk through that lens and align at least, you know, two or three of them at a time, you see some huge, huge, uh, you know, changes in, in uh, productivity and just how you feel, which is, you know, pretty amazing. Um, talk also about since you've been working with more and more people on the, the platform and, you know, a bunch of different companies and their teams, how do entry level, meaning people that don't know a lot, really haven't worked out, really don't focus on what they eat, what their benefit is like versus somebody that, you know, is call it a little bit more advanced as far as like them knowing like they've done research on their diet and they work out. Talk about like their experience and, and like how each one benefits maybe a little bit different or maybe they benefit the same. I just kind of want to give uh, a voice to people that might be listening that, you know, are, are much more into diet and workouts and understanding their, their self and in uh, mindfulness versus somebody that, you know, knows nothing about that and is, you know, just starting to dip their toe in the water. Yeah. So um, for the people that are just dipping their toe in the water, it allows them to say, hey, I want to change everything and I want to recorrect all of this and they can see some dramatic change, of course. But what I also really love about it is, hey, I'm not ready for a whole lot of change. I just want to make one or two things, but at least those one or two things will be exactly what I need to do. And this is where with the support that we provide, we say, hey, this is what your profile says. This is the one thing you need to have a light dinner. And that will not only improve your sleep, it'll improve your energy levels, it'll improve your weight loss. Like that, that is a keystone for you to start with. And that provides people evidence to say, oh man, like when you know what you're aiming for, you get much, much faster results. And some people aren't ready for wholesale change. I just want to change one or two things. This can actually provide you these are the one or two things. But for somebody else, it's not the light dinner. It's actually, I just need you to do 15 minutes of stretching at night and make sure you're really warm when you do it. And that can be a total game changer for their productivity the next day because of the way that their fascia gets stressed when they're cognitively on all day. The other side of it, though, is those people that are super dedicated to their health and they've still got health issues going on. And that's the thing. I had this conversation with health professionals a lot saying, yeah, look, I'm following this low-fat diet that works for me and it has worked for me. I've lost my 20 kilos. And everyone thinks if you've lost, if you've lost weight, that's that's life, you know, and that's because we blame weight as the problem. But what they what happens when they lose weight, they lose their 20 kilos. Oh, and my energy still sucks. And uh, I've still got this gastric thing going on. And, you know, I've got this weird autoimmune condition that's flaring up a little bit. It's like the food's not working. You know, like the, the exercise is not working. Like there is a, a part of this program that's missing. And so you can have someone that's super dedicated and they've got their first tier goal of I've not wanted to lean down. That's not our marker of health and well-being. It's your quality of life. It's your energy levels. It's your, your, your ability to prevent and be resilient for stress that comes in the future. And 
it can just correct people's understanding of themselves, even if they've been very, very dedicated to say, hey, like we'll meet a lot of people that are on keto diets that are scared of carbohydrates, but their body loves carbohydrates. And, and I mean, genuinely loves it, works better with it. They start eating carbs and they go, I feel so much calmer and so much better. And even though I'm holding the same amount of muscle tissue and my, my leanness hasn't changed, everything's just easier now because I actually needed that for me. And so this is where, you know, those very dedicated minds can often be on the wrong track, but they've got their first tier goal done. You know, I lost weight or I resolved this one issue, but then I've got these other seven and it's, what do I do about that? So this is where this actually looks into what are all of the risks that are associated with you and what are all of the factors that need to come into it for nutrients. This is why we don't prescribe paleo. You might have paleo-like diets, but every, like all of the vegetables are different. The fruits are different for different people as to the micronutrients that they need in the order that they need them in too. So it's that, that fine tuning for that elite. And this is where we've, we've taken it to the Olympics and we see athletes just doing a couple of specific things and noticing that 1%, which makes a huge difference at that level as well. So. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've seen a lot. I, I look at a lot of different apps and read a lot. I don't, I haven't seen anything that is, is comprehensive as the Shea Wellness platform as far as, you know, covering, you know, and, and obviously we've been talking about for a while, customized. I, there's nothing out there that I've seen, uh, that is even close to it. I see stuff that sounds right and probably works for most people, like you said, but nothing that looks at, you know, Everything in its totality, uh, like the, the Shea app does. Uh, for example, you know, me and my wife, uh, she's, she uses the app as well. We have found foods that, that are both excellent for us. And we have found recipes that we make. For instance, we make, it's called cowboy caviar. Like it's like a, for, you know, we look, looked at all these different beans that are both good, excellent for both of us. And so now, you know, we make, we make that and it, it happens to work for both of us and we're both different in the app too, but there's ways, uh, you know, you find and discover foods. I have discovered more foods in the Shea app than I ever did before that are both excellent for me and that I like. Um, so that's been for me, if you ask me somebody that's been into it for a while, the nutrition part and the food has been awesome. But it, to your point, it's probably awesome because it's also mixed with now I know when to work out and how to sleep and, you know, all those other things combined. And then that, that is just, I, you know, feel um, way better overall. And for, so those people that are listening, uh, Shea focuses on corporate wellness programs. So if you're a leader out there and you care about your team, which I think we all do. So I say this kind of, you know, tongue in cheek a little bit, but you care about your team and you really want to help them so they can be better personally with their personal health and ultimately show up for you better. I think this is, you know, it's a home run and I'm not trying to oversell anybody. I've just been involved and in, in, been an end user. And I think about, you know, your typical uh, CEO talks about how much they care and the types they're trying to get good benefits. And this is an incredible program. Where, where do we, is the best place for them to start looking? I mean, they can obviously schedule some time with you and your team. But where is the best place for them to start looking at SheaWellness.com so they can kind of start reading about the programs and we've, we've talked and touched on them, but I think they can kind of put it into, uh, you know, read about it a little bit more and then they can reach out to your team and schedule a time to, to meet with you. Yeah, exactly. So we just as every individual is different, every organization is different as well. And so uh, we provide, you know, Everything that you would normally want to see in a comprehensive corporate wellness program from having access to Precision Health Tech, which is probably a little bit unique to us. So the access to everybody in the organization is possible. So everybody is walking around with a user manual for themselves and, in fact, um, get some insights for the team as well from the other resources that we have. They, they We've got leadership programs, executive health checks. We've got ongoing uh, sort of presentations and workshops and we can run retreats as well. So if you want to actually go away and say, hey, we want our team to just immerse in who they are and really come to together in a joint culture of working in our natural strengths, we can facilitate that and have people eating the right foods and exercising at the right time and learning about things at the right thing and talking about their natural strengths in a really functional way and, and getting a really great outcome. That That is easily the most spectacular and fun thing to do um, is the retreat side of things. Uh, but then... 
all the way through to multi-year contracts where we're you know bringing in the resources and running EAP services. So all of those all of those elements are there. Um, we we just provide that with precision so that people are actually getting what they need out of each of those things. So the the website shaywellness.com is absolutely the the place to start. And there's white papers on there as well, just sort of talking about the mental health change that occurs even within 30 days. We'll see dramatic shifts in depression, anxiety, decrease in stress, increase in productivity. Incredibly powerful when people are actually doing what they're designed to do. And from there, if you know you're wanting to find out more, there's a no obligation chat that we have. We just want to find out about your organization. We want to know what your priorities are, what you're trying to achieve, and then we design a program that that matches that specifically for you. So we know that everyone's got their unique fingerprint commercially um, and from a business sense, and uh, that's it's it's our business to to understand that and support you to. Yeah, I think the journey for us, uh, you know, we we have workshops that we've got built into our program. The workshops are great because even I felt like I knew a decent amount about you know my health and diet and fitness, but. When you learn all of it at once and it's that comprehensive through all those different aspects that we've talked about, it doesn't, it takes a little while to settle in. So to have some, you know, some workshops and things like let it, you know, you kind of read about it, test some stuff, actually follow the plan and, you know, experience it firsthand has really been incredible for us. But well, I'm going to be respectful of your time. So we're just kind of running up against time. But any last, like, I want to give you the last word, any last, uh, anything that we haven't covered that you think the audience would want to know. And and I asked that because obviously we've been so close to it and working together that, you know, we, we love it, but I'm trying to think about the people that haven't had any exposure to a platform like this and a resource like this, that they might want to know, um, you know, in the tail end of this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So probably the first thing is a, a word of caution. And that is if you implement anything generically, there will be a cluster of your population that will not like it, will not engage, and because it's not designed for them. It, it is going to be absolutely uh, common that people are getting a personalized solution, and we're just very, very fortunate to be in a position where we're very much leading that charge. Uh, and I would say the much bigger intention that we have for this is that this allows people to understand who they are, be more of themselves, and be supported to be themselves as part of a team. Uh, when you're able to talk through a person's biological assessment and how their behaviors are influenced by that, how their wake times are influenced by that, but do it in a really great way as part of the team, you get to understand that person a whole lot better. You get to accept that person a whole lot better. You get to accept yourself a whole lot more. And of course, the commercial interests are here of you want a working, you know, a, a well work workforce. That happens when people can feel like who they are is okay. And this is a big thing of the, the greatest level of acceptance is just understanding that this person is different to me and that's okay. And I'm different to them. And, and that first separation and understanding that you're different to the person, the people around you allows you then to appreciate them a whole lot more. And when you do appreciate them in a strengths based way, which is exactly what we talk about, you send that person home on an absolute cloud. And I ran a, a keynote yesterday for a school. And the last exercise that we did is I want you to think about a natural strength of somebody to your left and I want you to share it with them as to why that natural strength is so valuable and how it's made an impact on you. Everybody leaves that environment on a on cloud nine. Just this is the best place to work. I feel so fantastic. And and the, the elements of that is you have to be mindful to deliver that. You have to be uh, aware of a person's natural strengths. You then are confirming to them that who they are is a great person and, and, and enough. And so many of us are running around with a whole lot of self-worth issues or imposter syndrome. I'm not good enough. Um, whatever it might be, or I shouldn't, I don't deserve this or don't deserve to be here. And when someone comes in and actually gives you feedback that just who you are, the things that come naturally to you is exactly what you need to be in order to be successful. It's the greatest relief that anybody can have. And you'll see your workforce just take a whole step up collectively. And so we want that for humanity. We want that for your organization. And, and we believe that it's, it's best for everybody. If, if, if we're doing more of this work with more of you. Awesome. Well, 
Thanks again for being on for the second time. I think we might even have a third one coming up. What I'd love to hear, <laughs> somebody that listens to this, somebody that gets on the program is on it for, you know, call it six months. And then I'd love to bring that person on uh, and talk with them about the program just because it's been uh, so game changing for us. So, um, all right, well, I'm going to be respectful of your time. You've been listening to the Built on Purpose podcast with Max Hansen brought to you by Wise Couch. You can find all of our future and past podcasts at wisecouts.com. Thanks again, Dr. Cam McDonald. You're the best. Thanks for listening to the Built on Purpose podcast, where on each episode, we interview exceptional leaders, entrepreneurs, authors, philosophers, and some straight up interesting people to explore their outlook on life, work, and leadership. You can hear any of our previous shows 24-7 wherever you get your podcasts.